Welcome to the show. This is TJ. Hi, it's Michael. Michael, are you a power bottom? I like to be tied up. I like to be handcuffed. <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's go to a commercial, Michael. They're not commercials. <laughs> Michael. Welcome to Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. I just don't like her. Your hosts, CJ and Michael Burlow. Wait, why can't I say that? It's a lot bigger in person. Stop it. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Screaming. By searching The Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. You really don't understand. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, CJ and Michael. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 12 of the Queer Steed Mayors. You don't need to do that because I can post produce sound effects. In no, it's. But you won't be able to pronounce the beers, beer, 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 beers. I can do a lot. I'm an audio engineer. Yeah, something like that. Good Tuesday afternoon, morning, or night, depending on where you are listening to us on this beautiful Orlando sunny day. Well, they might not be in Orlando. I know, but we are. So I can only it's go. It's not from... that sunny out. It's um, like meh. I mean, it could be sunny on Tuesday when this releases. It might be. It might not be. Who knows? <laughs> different parts of Orlando have different weather. <laughs> I know. You, CJ. You could be down the street, could be pouring, you could be up the street, and it could be sunny as hell. And it could be whoring. It could be whoring. Um, my name is CJ. If you don't know who I am, you do now know who I am. Oh, you didn't name drop your famous husband. No, I don't need to. <laughs> At this point, people already know. And if that, you don't, then well, that's on you. That's right. And I am Michael, and I don't have a husband or a famous anything. <laughs> I I hear your hole's pretty famous, though, in Orlando. Ow! Gotcha! That's mean. That's true. I thought we were going to be nice to me on this podcast. I am now. being nice to you, Michael. I let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> ah, got him. That's the first time Michael's ever been speechless. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Michael, I'm so happy to be doing this. I'm not. Oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> Whatever. Um, last week, you know, we talked about celebrities and everything like that. And, you know, this week we, uh, we're back. This week we're celebrities. We're celebrities in Claremont. <laughs> in Claremont and in downtown Orlando. In downtown Orlando. We have really branched out. Right. We, we are, are either with the stunky white old Republicans or the homosexuals. That is very fair. We are big in, we are big in the uh, old people groups and the gays. Exactly. Um, Michael, how was your week? It was good. You know, we spent a lot of time together this week. We did a little. Did a little, little tiny little show out out in Florida. Out in Florida. Out in the Florida land. I <laughs> know. Uh, I did a lot of work on Golden Gals. Um, carried a lot of heavy things. Built a lot of heavy things. Helped some men put on dresses. It was great. What else did you do this week? Also, we went and hosted an event at Room Twenty Two. We did. It was so much. It was fun. so much fun. I had so 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 much fun. Ashton and Brandy were great. They had us out, and it was so 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 so, so much fun. You guys have to come out next time because you're fucking missing out. You missed my ass get paddled on a bar. You missed me strip. Well, adjacently, well, adjacent strip. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> pants stayed on. Yes, the pants did stay on. But the nipples were out in full force. Sure were. He was showing off all that rug burn, hairy chest action. Yes, Michael. My, my week was great. Thanks for asking. Oh, <laughs> how was your week, CJ? We spent the... It's weird for me because we spent the entire week together. Yes, so, we, like, I don't... I already know what your week entailed because you did the same shit as I did. Yeah, but the people who are listening... Once again, Michael, I'm going to reiterate this for the 12th week in a row. They do not know what our lives are like. Let's try it again. Hi, <laughs> CJ. How was your week? I missed you. My week was... Oh, 
wonderful. I thought you said you get your coughing out. I did, but I was laughing so hard that I uh, coughed. Because I am um, so funny and I am the perfect co-host. No, my week was really good. Like Michael uh, was talking about, we did do a event at Room 22 last Tuesday uh, where I kind of got on a pole halfway through. With a, with another man and with they did another like a pussy man. pop with each yeah, other? Yeah, we he was lip syncing to WAP and was basically sexually molesting me on stage. I wouldn't say molesting you, but you, you were enjoying it. I was. Um, but it was fun. I really enjoyed our time at Room 22 on Tuesday. I can't wait to go back and do some oh, more absolutely. with them. Um, and then we we finished our Room 22 gig at 3 a.m. And we were in, we were in bed by 3 30, something like that. To then wake up at 6.30 a.m. to go and start the load-in for the Golden Gal show we oh did in Claremont God, this past it was, weekend. It was rough. Me and Michael were zombies. Everyone else in the rest of the cast was either hungover or just kind of like out of it. But it was fun. You know, we got the show done. We sold out two performances at the Claremont Performing Arts Center. And it was incredible. I do have to say thank you so much to the to the team over at the Claremont Performing Arts Center. Uh, Chris, Jonathan, Mike, Lucy, Lucy, and Maddie. You guys are amazing people. We really appreciate everything you did for us this past weekend. Uh, and we cannot wait to come back. But me and Michael will talk a little bit more about, about our Golden Gals experience a little bit later. later in the episode. So. But that was my week. This upcoming week, I'm excited. We got a lot in the in the works this week. So Guess what else we get to do this week? What are we going to do this week? Go to Universal and then relax. What is relaxing? I don't get to relax. We get to we... relax adjacent. Uh, I wish. You should have phone calls. You can I relax. have phone calls, I have meetings, and then I have to do all the stuff for Arden this week at Orlando Fringe with Ginger. You have to do all the stuff. You have to sell merch. Yeah, that's a lot. You've never been to Fringe, Mary, so you'll see what it's like. I've sold merch for you before, not at Mary. A, not at a Fringe show where you have 10 minutes to completely load up and load out. Oh, It'll be fun. I'm excited. It'll be good. Don't worry. It'll be fun. We're excited. That means Orlando Fringe, like I just said, is coming this week, and uh, Ginger's in a show. A um, show about fairy. Show about fairies. Set a to fairy and a music. show about fairies. Yeah, they're all fairies in that show. I know. Uh, but yeah, that's this week. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Michael, you know, this this week, on top of everything that we did, you also kind of had a, you were telling me that you had a very kind of hectic week at work. It was just annoying. I know. But I think it's super important that you kind of like, you know, spill the tea for the children. Serve the children. Serve them. Serve them. Serve them tables, daddy. Serve them tortilla chips. Okay, so all week we were super fucking dead, right? You know, Seco de Mayo was crazy, 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 and then nothing. So I've been going into work and working these lunch shifts and standing around and making 30 fucking dollars on the patio. Not acceptable to me when I'm waiting tables as my base, like, that's my income. So Friday was real fucking annoying because I get into work and we're dead. Not a single soul in the restaurant, nothing. So I'm standing around, I'm standing around, nothing, nothing, nothing. I get in at 10.30, lazy, 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 eating chips, eating soup, you know, sitting in the back not doing anything. Anything. Finally, one o'clock hits and I get my first table. Great. I've been here for three hours at this point and haven't literally done shit. So I get my one o'clock table. We start getting lunch rush. Yep. I'm getting in, getting busy, you know, making some good money, make about 60 or $70. Ooh. And then 2.30 rolls around and I'm yep. dead. Like when we're talking dead, like there was like one or two tables in like the restaurant. Like one table in the entire restaurant. Damn. So, I'm standing around, twiddling my thumbs, playing on my phone, texting you, texting my friends, you know. You were friends? Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I said I was texting you. So, whatever. Wait, we're friends? Boom! No, continue, sorry. He's an employee. I employ him on this podcast. Anyways, so, you know, standing around, doing nothing, doing nothing. And then my replacement shows up. Three, It's 3.45, haven't had a fucking table in an hour and a half. So, I mosey my little ass on over to the manager. And I'm like, hey, my replacement's here. Do you mind if I go home? I haven't had a table in over an hour starts yelling no you don't get to go home you don't decide when you guys go home i decide i have doubles that need a break and i was like okay no problem but my server replacement you know is here and i don't 
have anywhere to take tables because all the other sections are full. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I gave the other server a table. And then the manager finds out and flips the fuck out on me, screaming and yelling and carrying on about how I can't make business decisions and we don't hand out tables at the restaurant and shrieking like a fucking banshee. So I was like, I ain't. Wow, someone has a huge dick. Yeah, right? I was like, I ain't fucking dealing with this. So I like waltzed my happy little gay ass into the office, handed him my cash and said, I'm going home. I don't play that game. I don't play that game. Nah, not gonna happen, sis. Not gonna play, sis. <laughs> not gonna play well, sis. Well, the good news is you still have a job, so we'll uh, we'll keep our fingers and toes crossed when you go back this week and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what, we'll happens. See what happens. I just don't get it. I've been in the restaurant restaurant industry and like my whole thing is y'all don't get paid enough to deal with this bullshit you work on tips if you guys can save them fucking 50 cents what the fuck is the big deal absolutely i'm gonna save you labor costs by going home yeah labor costs and then you know what would happen right if you stayed and got another table and had to take that table i'd be in overtime you'd be in overtime and you get in trouble and for get overtime. Pissed. yeah so either way you it was a double-ended sword or you look stupid because you'll start the table have to leave someone else will take that table and get your tip absolutely yeah and i ain't fucking playing that no. game no it just seemed like somebody was trying to make an example out of you and want to show off that they have a big fucking dick. Basically. So it, fuck them. I ain't that. that yeah, fuck him. Fuck Nick. Mikey, you know what happened also this past week? What? Uh, there was another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Another? You mean there's another episode of Drag Race that we had to watch? We are now five months in to nonstop RuPaul's Drag Race. This is miserable. Five miserable. months in. Every week since January 1st, there has been a brand new episode of more than five Drag weeks since January 1st. No. We're five months in. Five months. Five months. Oh, oh did I, I said five, five weeks. weeks. No, no. Like five weeks. If I said five weeks, I meant five months. We are in our five-month stretch of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm over it. Never going to end. I was talking with Ginger outside the other day, and I was like, you know, I was like asking, we were like just chatting about Drag Race UK and Drag Race down under, and I was like, it just, it, I don't give a shit anymore, because it's so tired, and it's the same challenges every season. It's the same. There's Snatch Game. There's a girl group challenge. There's a musical. I'm there's like, a sewing so, challenge. There's a sewing challenge. Yeah. There's a... Take this shit in a bucket and make a fucking dress. Like, <laughs> it's just so boring. I'm and then so at the end of it. every season, they just lip sync to a RuPaul's Drag Race there's song. A fucking, there's a remix song. Verse. I did like that song they did this week, though. But we'll talk about that one when we'll we talk about go. That. Now it's off to the races. RuPaul's Drag Race. We're down under. RuPaul's Drag Race. May this best Aussie win. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, ooh, this is this song. RuPaul's Drag Race. We did not pay for rights. Yay! <laughs> Just text him. Just text him. Just text RuPaul. Hey, Ru, can, can we borrow your little ditty that you have? I don't know. I like the little ditty they did this week. They finally let Michelle sing a song. Finally. What? How does it go, Michael? Queens Down Under. Our text Queens tight. Down Under. Our text It's not a very good song. No, it's not. But they finally let Michelle uh, shine after 500 seasons. So that was nice. Um, This week, we had a really interesting episode. I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember it. I was so bored. Yeah, it was a it very was a girl group boring episode. It was a girl group challenge it was focused a lot on the fact that art simone went home the follow the prior week yeah they're really setting it up for her to you know possibly come back yeah and then their runway challenge was what we americans like to call trailer trash looks yeah so they were kind of like interesting like it was like I, trailer trash prom 
wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. I don't understand the aesthetic that they all had. No, because, me neither. Uh, when I think trailer trash, I think trailer I trash. I think of like stars and bars and yeah. like fucking Kansas Skull and PBRs and like. But fucking... we had like Fringe on the Runway and like Gold LeMay and a fucking unicorn onesie. Nothing, yeah, nothing really like seemed cohesive about this runway from out of nope. single girl. It was like, okay, everybody put on a piece of drag and we'll walk a runway. I will say my favorite one was Karen from Finance. She's always my favorite because she's going to win. Um, She had a great runway. And then Maxie was kind of okay. Um, she, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't want to know. Say it. No. Say it, Michael. I don't want to see that outfit. It was ugly. Well, what do you like about it? Um, The fact that half of it's a skirt and the other half is a pants and it looks fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, you mean her fanny pack that she has on her hip? That's not a skirt. It's a fanny pack with gold pants. Yeah. See, I didn't even care enough to check out what she's actually <laughs> fucking wearing. Maxie's look. Also, it looks like she's wrapped in fucking gold tinfoil. I know. I like it. Okay. Anyway. um, Yeah, it was kind of like a man episode. Not my favorite episode. Um, We did say goodbye to Coco Jimbo. Bobbitch. Bobbitch. Uh. Uh, it was kind of set up for her to go home the entire time because all they did was talk about her drama with Art Simone and how she sent Art home Art, and she's right. better than Art and then she went home. Yeah, I don't know. I just, Down Under is very lackluster to this point. Oh, 100. It reminds me a lot of like a couple seasons ago of Drag Race when we were getting real boring. They blew their load with Down Under on the second episode with Snatch Game. No, and I think they blew their load with Overseas Drag Race with UK. UK was so good. No, I agree 100%. Um, also, their runway is a lot shorter than all the other seasons. I feel like it looks like a dollhouse yeah i feel like they rushed this just to get it done because they had they wanted to get it done uh and they were trying to capitalize on uk they were just trying to get it in the can and get it done but it felt so rushed what do they do something that's like six seasons back to back they filmed or something 13 uk3 all stars down under down under canada two, canada two spain in Espana, they did like six seasons back to back. Yeah, Espana is not hosted by Rue though, but Rue and Company did about six. Seasons well, yeah, World of Wonder was over there doing it, but yeah, um, there's just so much, and they're about to go through that again because they're about to do probably another All Stars this summer. They're going to do season fourteen again this summer, so like, yeah, it's you just know, it's going to be. Just... They're they're in production twelve months a year now. At this point, they don't they don't take breaks anymore. No, it's going to come to a point where people aren't going to watch it anymore because it's so much. Well, no, they're just going to do this. Oh, I missed this season. It's fine. I'll I can wait till the next one. Right, well, it's, it'll be out in a month. I call it the Dancing with the Stars syndrome. Dancing with the Stars used to be on twice a year for three months. So six months out of the year, you're watching fucking has-beens dance with a ballroom dancer. And it got to the point where they had like 30 seasons in 12 years or 15 years. And then they were getting fucking .02 ratings because nobody cared to watch fucking Honey Boo Boo's mom twirl around a ballroom. Doesn't uh, Next Top Model do that? Next Top Model's not even on anymore. Well, didn't they do that? Wasn't, yeah, weren't they, they, they doing it, like... They did cycles. They did it twice a year. Yeah. And it got to the point where people were so bogged down with the show, they didn't give a shit anymore. And they stopped and brought it back. They brought it back on VH1. The VH1 revival was great. Yeah. I really like I love Top Model. But it'll be interesting to see where Drag Race goes. I mean, I, I think Drag Race is on its way out. I, I think, think it needs something to revive. I think they're trying to milk as much as they can. While for, they can. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they're high on the Emmy win. They're high on all this other stuff. You know, the biggest ratings ever were the season 13 finale. Right. So we'll see where it goes. Um, I think, I'll be honest, a lot of these girls better find other careers soon because who knows how long this, this steam is going to last. You need something to fall back on. I'm sorry, like, the drag race hype and the drag race, like, 
atmosphere is not going to last forever, and drag isn't going to be the biggest thing in the world forever like it is now. No. How, how well are those Beanie Babies and those Tamagotchis doing? Or no, the Furbies? I agree. But, like, I think, but the difference between like those things, comparing drag to those things, is those things are collectibles and will sit on a shelf and eventually maybe collect money. You really can't do that with a queen. But like, look at all the, the shit, that, all the collectible shit queens have. Vinyl pops no, and I know. bobbleheads and fucking perfumes and fucking books. And... No, no, I get that. And I think, you know, having something to fall back on when you're a queen is a good thing. Whether, you know, going out there and doing a lip sync number to someone else's song on a stage is great. You will always have the performing art aspect of it, but the fame aspect will eventually fade to where you are now back to being an organic queen or a local talent and you're not a Rue girl anymore because either a few things are going to happen. One, RuPaul's Drag Race is going to end and nobody's going to give a shit anymore. Right. Or two, there's going to be seven million girls and being a Rue girl is no longer going to be a special thing. The way I look at it, it's like people like, a lot of people like need, you, you have queens that have things to fall back on. So you have people like, like Ginger can fall back on acting and like music and stuff. Bianca can fall back on her comedy career. People like that have... Trixie can fall back on makeup. Trixie can fall back on makeup, right, exactly. You have people that have established themselves outside of the brand that are going to be able to proliferate themselves past Drag Race, and then you have people that don't do anything to elevate, and all they do is put on a dress and sing to lip sync. Like who? I don't want to, like, call people out, because that's rude. Why? But, you, like, you celebrated the people who are doing well. Why not just I'm not ce- I'm not saying I'm celebrating them doing well. I'm celebrating them for kind of diversifying their profile yeah, and I doing agree. something different. Oh, I know. I also don't want to point fingers and be like, you don't do anything else, because, like, I'm not up on every single girl's post-Drag Race career. No, I get it. But you also have to look at the top 15 girls from Drag Race, the ones that are constantly touring post their original season. Right. Like, not even, I won't even count the girls who tour via an All-Stars revival. You get the girls that tour directly from their one season of success. And they don't stop. And they don't stop. Like, Alaska has not stopped. Right. Ben. But she's also in the top 15, so But like, that's what I'm saying. The top 15 girls that constantly keep going post right. their original season, like Ben De La Creme, has continued trying and hasn't stopped. And she's one of the ones like I never see anything from, but I know she continuously But works. she's out there. She's still doing well, something. Well, she's that Christmas special, yeah. Um, Chad Michaels yeah. is still out there hustling and doing her thing. Like there are, there He are hasn't queens. been on TV in, what, 10 years? Yeah, since All-Stars 1. Yeah. You know, I wish them the best, and I hope they... they really kind of think about long term and not like oh and well, save your money this <laughs> horse this horse is still running in the race well eventually that horse is going to fall over and you're going to need a new one right. so <laughs> i hope everyone has a backup plan and a bigger barn michael we're going to take a brief commercial break and we'll be back after this wonderful beautiful commercial they're not commercials they are now nope. i've really loved getting to know kita and anita and alexis alexis did i say alexis fuck's sake that little bitch we're in Team Bears, the podcast. Welcome back, fags and fag hags. Wow. Can I not say that? No, they're fruit flies, Michael. They're friends of Dorothy's? Friends of Dorothy's or friends of Blanche. Friends of Blanche. Yeah, there we go. Oh, look at that little... You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of Blanche, um, Michael, we said at the beginning of the show that we just did the Golden Gal show in Claremont. We did. Speaking of Blanche, isn't that how you cook stuff? Yes, you, you, bl- you can blanch your vegetables. Right, because yeah. then you freeze them. Yeah, you're an idiot. I don't know what that has anything to do with the Golden Girls. I was just, it just popped in my head. I was curious. <laughs> Yeah, so this past weekend, me and Michael uh, did the Golden Girls live show in Claremont at the Claremont Performing Arts Center. Uh, I am the executive producer of TV Land Live, the shows that we do here. And Michael, I'm the merch bitch. Michael, <laughs> Michael's the merch costume set uh, bitch. Uh, and then, you know, my really good friend Tia is part of our our 
team as well. Um, but this past weekend, we performed in Claremont. If you don't know what Claremont is, it is part of Lake County, which is the most whitest, most backwoodsy, backwoodsy Republican area closest to Orlando. And they don't take very kindly to the homosexual. It's the West Virginia of Florida. Yes, that is the best way to describe it. Um, and so we were getting ready to do our first show. And Chris, who is the, he's the one who brings in the talent and books all the shows at the, the house manager would you he's say he's not the house manager he's more of the entertainment director okay that's probably the better way to say it. he comes up to me he's like cj i need to talk to you i was like uh-oh what did we do did we, did we like, break some what's shit? going on so he pulls me aside he's like cj i just want to let you know that we got a call um probably about a half hour ago that was kind of ill-willed and basically said we don't god doesn't like what you're doing and you will feel the mighty god you will feel the mighty hand of god and he will smite you and i was like oh this is exciting <laughs> <laughs> and Chris was like, "Just so you, just so you know, uh, our procedure is we call the police. The police kind of hang out at the venue to make sure everything is safe. So if anybody tries to do anything radical, we got you. We stop him." Well, I saw the police roll up, and I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah. Christ, so we, we had we had like four police officers roaming uh, the one stood right by time. me at the merch booth the whole time. Yeah. So we appreciate the Claremont Performing Arts Center for making sure that we were safe and we we did our thing. So thank you so much. But Michael, it it's kind of nerve wracking. I I agree. I mean, I although I've never felt more famous in my entire life. <laughs> and someone <laughs> called to threaten something that I'm involved in with. Yeah. When are we getting calls at the podcast headquarters? Right. I hope they don't. Um, but yeah, so it's it's one of those things where we look at it and go, as as people of the Alphabet Mafia or the LGBTQ plus community, we have these fears every time we go somewhere like this, when we go into an area that's densely Republican. Right. And, you know, Ginger did a gig in Michigan a couple years ago and it was her Crossroads Over Christ show if you've ever seen it thank you and the Westboro Baptist Church decided to show up because they saw the name and they were protesting outside if you don't know who the Westboro Public Westboro Baptist Church is they're that radical they're that radical church group that literally yeah. um, that literally protests everything, everything. soldiers funerals yeah. like people that die tragically um, they protest everything so they were outside the thing saying you know fags burn in hell you're going to hell whatever all the all their nonsense radical bullshit yeah and they have like they're famous for their really really offensive yeah. like, horribly derogatory like posters yeah uh, they were protesting Ginger went outside and said do you know anything about the show they said no we don't care about the show and Ginger invited them in and a few of them came inside to watch the show and at the end of the show they were like oh okay so we get it it's just kind of your like your life story uh and we changed a few minds that day but getting to my my question michael is do you feel that these radical right-wing conservative groups like the Westboro Baptist Church protest simply because they need something to do and don't really understand what they're protesting? Or do you think they have, like, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, do you feel like they have a right to do these protests for, for certain shows, like ours, like that show or anything like that? I think there is a difference between protesting and calling in a threat. I think they are absolutely 100% within their rights to go out and protest. Well, yeah, no, I agree 100%. But do you think they're protesting just for the sake of protesting? Or do you think they're protesting to get their voice out there and, and show people that this is wrong, side with us. I think they're out there because they want to proliferate what they believe in. And I think they're out there to, you know, go ahead and further their agenda and further what they are, you know, consistently pontificating. Do you think the person who called in the thread the Claremont Performing Arts Center came to the show? No, I wouldn't expect them to. I would think it was someone that in their home, you know sees a couple men in dresses on some flyer that got delivered to their house in the newspaper and was like, let me smite them with the Almighty Bible. I mean, a lot of people use, you know, use religion and use the book to, you know, kind of further the book. The, book. <laughs> um, the Bible, and you can kind of use it to further hate and further their agenda and further, you know, the kind of the oppression. I mean, there's there's been 
no more of oppressive of an organization or more of oppressive, you know, kind of collective unit than the Catholic Church and then, you know, kind of religion. Religion is like the number one vehicle of oppression. Well, yeah, I mean, that and just hate monger. Oh, absolutely. Um, but people use people use religion and people use, you know, different viewpoints to kind of kind of keep people down, if you will. Yeah, I mean, look what just happened in Iran. Oh, absolutely, with that, with, that with poor that, boy that was with beheaded. With that individual who was beheaded simply because he was gay and he was trying to escape leaving Iran to go over to right, Turkey that, with his boyfriend. Right. And then, you know, they caught him. They made his brother and cousins behead him. And, uh-huh. and you know... Well, nobody made them. His cousin, his cousin yeah. and his brother beheaded him yeah, because they true. wanted to. That's because true. they found out that he had applied for an exemption for military because, of, because over in Iran it's seen as a psychological disorder to be a homosexual. And he applied for a exemption from military service in Iran and his brothers found out and then he murdered him. But it just also shows you like how sparse and different the uh, rights of our community are across the world. Absolutely. And that's why I think things like drag and things like, you know, pop artists that make statements siding with the LGBTQ community. And I think art is such a big, important thing to kind of, you know, open yourself up and showcase to the world that, you know, we aren't different. We aren't, we are all the same. We all put our pants on, you know, one leg at a time. We all bleed red inside. Like we are all the same underneath and i think art is a very important vehicle for those conversations to begin and for the mindsets of people to start changing i agree i think you know if the people who made that threat to us at claremont this past week came and saw what we did they would have realized that we weren't out there trying to convert people to homosexuality we weren't out there with our dicks flopping in the wind and shirtless and running around like a fucking pride parade yeah like we weren't the fucking pride parade and i feel like that's what a lot of these conservatives look at what we do is a 24-hour pride parade and that's always been my problem with things like pride and things like pride parades i feel like we we have been so oppressed for so long and we have been so you know in that mindset of like we need to walk the straight and narrow when we're out by ourselves and like with who we love like 24 7 that when we have a chance for something like a pride parade we fucking go off the wall oh, yeah. and it's a time to wear harnesses and suck dicks in the street and fucking throw <laughs> condoms out and like fucking like i'm talking about like Folsom and like well, all that yeah. kind of shit like that people see that that one aspect of the lifestyle and they're like oh this is what the gay agenda is this is what we're doing all the time it's like no no different than when straight people go to a bar and get fucked up and finger bang a girl underneath the table yeah exactly they don't see what like the sisters of perpetual do which is you know if you don't know who the sisters are they're the ones that dress up like the nuns but they do their entire existence is fundraising what is it sisters of perpetual indulgence yeah the sisters of perpetual indulgence they they do a lot of fundraising uh they do a lot of volunteer work they just use the art of drag of drag in essence a lot of them are drag queens are a fab queens there are some that are cis males that do it right their entire existence doesn't necessarily exist to perform correct some of them do don't get me wrong i know a lot of them do like sister roma performs and all that but their existence is mainly fundraising and nobody sees that the narrative of the conservatives doesn't align with that because if you went after the sisters of perpetual indulgence and said they're wrong they're wrong they're wrong well you look like stupid because they're fundraising right all they're doing is they are literally an organization based in charity and based exactly. charitable contributions. Exactly. And it's kind of disheartening that these these people, I'm going to say these people, don't give a chance to come and see what we do and understand that we're doing things to have fun. Right. And like the thing with like, for example, the Golden Gals, like we're not trying to take like a beloved institution in like American media and, you know, kind of like take it down a notch or kind of like parody it. We're doing it to, you know, something that's like inspired people. Or people it's that, a tribute. It's a, it's tribute. a tribute to them. Something that was important to these girls in the show. The show was important to them 
growing up. It's something that, you know, touched them, touched their families. You know, it, they're taking it and they're like honoring it and tributing it. And they want to share that with the world. Yeah. And a lot of what the Golden Girls did, like what Susan Harris wrote, was so groundbreaking. Right. With some of the things they covered. I mean, it. this was the 80s. So the AIDS epidemic was so impactful around then. You know, they did a whole episode about where Rose thinks she gets AIDS. Right. Nobody had done any, nobody had touched that subject matter until the Golden Girls. Absolutely. They were a groundbreaking they, show. They covered race. You know, there's this whole episode where Dorothy's son is dating an African-American woman, and Dorothy has no problem with it, but the mom of the daughter has an issue that she's dating a white man. Right. Like, that was never done. Or there was talk about mental health on that show. It was such an impactful show that we think that it's it's important to highlight those things for this upcoming generation to show them that there were shows that were about you. Absolutely. And it was, you know, just as drag, you know, kind of takes things that are uncomfortable and makes them easily digestible for the community and makes them, you know, more palatable for the general public. Shows like Golden Girls you know kind of did that back in its time and like it just again shows how impactful art can be yeah and how impactful you know your representation and your you know ability to kind of showcase things in the media are yeah i mean we'll take music as well like look at your favorite person in the entire world who's that madonna um oh, God. <laughs> Like, look at Lady Gaga. When, you know, when she came out and bursted on the scene, people looked at her and said, you're weird. You're, you don't fit the cookie cutter of what pop music is. And, you know, she did these outlandish things. Yes, I will say, and you'll disagree with me, that it was for attention. It was to get her name out there. And it was to really show the world, look at what I'm doing. And then once her name was out there, she kind of toned back what the outlandishness that she was doing. Absolutely. Well, her thing has always been, you know, she was a student of fame. She was a student of the art of yeah. fame. She studied people like Madonna like Britney, like Christina, and she was able to, you know, craft what's going to get me attention, what's going to get my name out there, what's going to make me stand out and make me different and make what I have to say, you know, my what's going to make my platform different and what's going to make... Mm-hmm what I have to say stick and, you know, my, like, my viewpoints, you know, reach a generation. Yeah. And then once she got there, she kind of stepped back. She doesn't do the meat dress anymore. She doesn't really do what she did during Fame Monster or no, and like, like anything like that. I mean, I will even say, like, kind of art pop was kind of like the last hurrah with that kind of, like, that style oh, absolutely. of Gaga. And then she kind of matured. And she went a little bit back with Chromatica, but not nearly as much with art pop. No, and style. with her, like, with that, it's like, and she wasn't just doing things just to be loud or just to make it like make statements. No, she, she was. She no, was doing, but everything everything was rooted in a statement. She just didn't put on a meat dress just to fucking wear no, meat. No, I understand. Everything that. had statements behind it. She had the commentary to back up the bullshit she was doing. But you have to look at. I'm not. I'm not saying this, that, the other thing about the looks or that they were just put on for the sake of putting on. But to a audience that has no idea about the statement behind the piece, they look at it and go, "She's wearing a fucking meat dress." But does that not inspire conversation? Why is she doing it? But it does, but it also opens it up for the same thing like us when it comes to Golden Girls. They just see cross-dressers doing a show that about was women. about biological women. Right, but I think... So, yes, while it does open a conversation, the outside of that conversation is, why are these cross-dressers going on stage to mimic females? Oh, absolutely, but I think that is the jumping-off point of that conversation. Oh, absolutely. You have to have... If you don't have any idea what's going on, you have to have the, what the fuck are they doing, why is this happening moment before you're able to even kind of move forward and kind of 
approach any sort of level of understanding on why the art is doing what it is doing. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I see a lot of these videos on TikTok and, and all this about how, you know, Lady Gaga, I'm going to use Gaga as the example because we've already kind of established And she just, she's just like an easy one because yeah. it, it's totally um, apparent what she does. Yeah. She has turned the minds of a lot of older individuals who are used to like the Elvis era where right. he was the most provocative thing because of his hip gyrations. Right. Um. Or like Boy George and all of them. She has kind of rehashed those memories of, of Boy George, of Elvis, of Daniel Bowie, and of all these people. And yes, I know that Bowie's a huge inspiration for Gaga. Right. Um, even Madonna, though. Even, yeah. She even throws, like, as much as like we like to roll our eyes about the Madonna comparisons, there would be no Lady Gaga without no, Madonna. obviously. It's very apparent. And uh, even Gaga said it. Like, Gaga but, says Madonna was an inspiration. You know... Like what Gaga did with the music industry and turning the older generation, you know, and I'm talking about like the boomers and, and the ones before the boomers who are still alive. We as performing artists in the drag world are trying to do the same now. But like look at how mainstream drag has become. You oh, know, absolutely. Like you're getting people that ha- would never have exposure to drag watching Drag Race. Like my super straight conservative, like super straight laced Republican father sat down and watched four or five episodes of Drag Race with me and my mom when she wanted to see ginger on the show yeah but going going to that point what i'm trying to make is when we did golden gals this weekend we had a lot of people who are blue hairs not what we would imagine would come to no, our show our demo for this for tv and live is usually 25 to 55 those are the people that have seen golden gals or have seen drag that is what we have established as kind of that base we were seeing people who are in their 60s 70s and 80s show coming to the show this weekend and laughing and smiling and then coming to me and buying merchandise yeah and like we do a pre show they were dancing and they were just having a good time and they didn't care the fact that there were homosexuals there in their establishment queens. there were drag queens on stage doing the show they just saw it and said this is amazing this is so much fun and I feel like if a lot more people came out and, and saw things like this or went to drag shows and just allowed themselves to experience it I feel like people would have a better understanding of what is being put out there in the world oh I agree I feel like if the only way to inspire change is to have an open mind is to allow conversations to continuously happen and I think doing things like Golden Gals and having people in the media like Gaga, those kind of artists, that's going to be the way that we inspire change and, you know, start from the bottom and kind of systematically work our way up to make things better and make the world a more inclusive, more open place. Oh, I agree 100%. I think the more open-minded people can be when it comes to art, not even like religion or sexuality or something like that, just art. Um, I think the world would slowly start to become a bigger and better place. You know, I'm not saying go out and support every drag show you see. And I'm not saying go out and see every show you want to see. I'm not saying go to every art gallery and say, oh, look, this painting looks great. I'm saying give certain aspects of the arts a chance. Oh, I agree. The only way we are going to continually, I don't want to say push the agenda forward, but push the atmosphere of inclusiveness, you know, forward and into the forefront of the minds is to, you know, kind of meet people halfway and present them with easily digestible things like art. And I agree. I mean, I think people should go out and see art and see different types of it, whether it be performing art, whether it be painting art, or even like musical, like art, like music artists, like Gaga and Madonna and all that kind of thing. And I think leading into that, like if you want to go out and see a drag show, you can go see a brunch, but understand that different performers do it a different way. There are some that are going to go out there and twirl through tables and do Broadway songs, but there are other ones that will go out there and take off their tops and put dollar bills on their titties. So you need to understand that not 
all of what you're going to see is mainstream acceptable, if you will. I think that's oh, a safe way of, of putting that. And I think people need to understand that it's a variety of art when it comes to what we do, like in, in the LGBT community. Oh, absolutely. And I think, at the, like I said, at the end, it boils down to art is important and art, you know, keeps conversations fluid and keeps, you know, the agendas of segmented populations at the forefront of people's minds and allows and inspires bigger conversations and bigger social changes to occur yeah and i'm not trying to be like the the jehovah witnesses that knocking no 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 no, no. push push what we do down your throats but we're all we're all we're basically saying is that art is a very important thing to open open conversations and to just not shut it down almost instantly when you hear drag queens are in your town doing a show go out and see what it's like if you don't like it then leave but give it a chance give it give what we do a chance to maybe not necessarily change your mind but at least open your mind to exploring different form. Come talk to us. We're cool people. We don't bite hard. Unless you ask us <laughs> to. <laughs> um, go out and see a drag show. Go out and, and see a different kind of artist, whether it be a Lady Gaga type artist or, you know, a acoustic band that covered polka music. Like, just... <laughs> Enjoy life. It's too short. Do it. Enjoy it. Do life. Do it big, baby. I think it's uh, time we take a little little Kit Kat break. We're signing out. We're not sponsored by Kit Kat. We'll be right back, everybody. Mom? Hmm? I've got to ask you something real personal. Hmm? Do you douche? I sure do. But I'm in with Massimville vinegar and water. Why Massimville vinegar and water? That's what my doctor recommends. For a naturally fresh feeling, only Massingill has two vinegar and water douches. Pure, extra mild, and extra cleansing when you need it. You'll see how clean and fresh Massingill makes you feel. Massingill, trusted by more women than any other brand. You're listening to Quarantine Bears, the podcast. And we are back, 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 back again. And CJ is playing on his phone. Yeah. Um, I'm just messing around. Don't be mad. Bear with me, Michael, for a moment. If you go out there and you say you support queens, but the reality is you support RuPaul's Drag Race queens, fuck you. There are plenty of other entertainers out there that are not necessarily Drag Race girls who are more entertaining than 90% of the Drag Race girls that you see. I'm going to call out some names right now. Uh, if you live in Orlando, go see Mr. Miss Adrian at Stonewall. Uh, she is Orlando's number one Lady Gaga. And She's my favorite. She's amazing. Uh, also, if you are in the Orlando area go see april fresh she does a comedy brunch once a month here in orlando at the southern nights she's like the number one 80s queen in the she world is, great. she is she is she does things here she does things in putacana uh with 80s night and stuff putacanta like putacanta um also head over to our lovely friends at savoy they are amazing but again it's not all about drag race girls if you go out to a club or to a bar to celebrate just the drag race girls because they're in town you're terrible people uh their organic talent is the number one thing that fuels the drag community without the local girls there would be no drag race the drag race girls were local talent at one point um oh absolutely and if you have a chance to go see the local talent a lot of them are leaps and bounds better than what you see on tv and it's it's important to go out there and support your local queens so don't tell me you are a drag fan if you can't name 10 people uh that work in your city absolutely and if you go out to see a drag race girl and you're there for that reason don't you goddamn 
dare not forget like forget to tip your local queens. Oh, 100%. If you're tipping the Drag Race girls $20, you can at least give that local girl uh, $5. Girl, give the local girl $20. The Drag that Race too. girl need the fucking no, 20 No, I get that. But what I'm saying is if you can go out there and give a Drag Race girl $20, you obviously can afford to give fucking local queen $5, $10, not a fucking single bill. Absolutely. Like, get the fuck out of here Absolutely. with that bullshit. Bear with me. Mic drop. Boom. Yeah, and, those, and just remember those $20 tips to the Drag Race girls help pays CJ's bills. Yes. <laughs> so please thank, thank you. you. Bear with me a moment, CJ. If you're going to treat your employees like absolute garbage, scream, yell, disrespect them, and wonder why you can't keep a staff because you're more worried about your own fucking managerial ego than you are the happiness of your staff, you're a fucking douchebag, and that is why people don't want to work for you and consistently quit your company. Bitch. Bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another beautiful episode of the Queen Steam Bears. We are so happy that you stuck through it with us for this. I know episode. we made it. Um, we appreciate everybody who listens. If you would like to support us, you can head over to Indiegogo and just search Queen Steam Bears the podcast, and you'll find us. You can also go to our website, which is QueenSteamBearsPodcast.com. Hit that donation button. All of the money that you guys donate will go to making the show bigger and better on Tuesdays and our live streams on Friday, bigger and better as well. And we'd like to apologize for not doing a live stream last Friday because we were busy working the Golden Gals. But we will be back this Friday, so stay tuned for that. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the C-E-E underscore J-A-Y. And if you want to follow this little loudmouth faggot over here, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at Mike Burlow. You can also follow the podcast at Queenstein Bears Podcast across all socials. Find us, like us, follow us. It'll be fun. And the only place we're different is Twitter, right? And it's Q Bears. It's Q Bears. But if they type in Queenstein Bears, they'll find. Yeah, it. you'll yeah. pop. We'll, we'll pop uh, it on up, Daddy. Michael, what's up, CJ? Shall you sing your song? I should, but you know what we should do? We should change your name to CJ the DJ on no, here. No, no. That's what we're gonna start calling you. I will not answer, and this podcast will be two seconds long. <gasps> well, y'all heard it from CJ the DJ, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Women's Team Bears, the podcast.